0: An anti-Semitic Black Lives Matter associated alleged shooter gets written off as mentally ill. The Trudeau administration announces further financial crackdowns on political opponents and Democrats keep flailing on COVID. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Alrighty, folks, we'll get to the news in just one moment. First, if you haven't switched over to Pure Talk yet, you are just not saving enough money. You aren't. I mean, you're spending too much money on Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile. They are all overcharging you for data, for service because they need to make their overhead somehow. Well, not so with Pure Talk USA. You can get the same great service as one of the big services, except you're going to be paying a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer with Pure Talk and why you should be one as well. Listen to this. Unlimited talk, text, unlimited data, plus hotspot, 55 bucks a month. That is correct. More data for less money. Join the hundreds of thousands who are saving every single month with Pure Talk. Listen, you go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you, find the phone that's right for you, or just bring your own. And then this month only, enter promo code Ben Shapiro. You will save an additional 25% off your first three months of coverage. That's puretalk.com, promo code Ben Shapiro. Go check them out right now. I switched over to Pure Talk and let me tell you, my service is fantastic and I enjoy not having to pay as much money every month. I'm not sure why you would enjoy paying more money every month. Instead, head on over to puretalk.com right now, find the plan that's right for you and use promo code Ben Shapiro to save an additional 25% 25% off your first three months of coverage. We are gonna get to all the news in just one moment. First, I need to remind you, The Daily Wire is much bigger than you think. What do I mean by that? I mean, we are much more than news and opinion and podcasts like this one. We're creating an unbelievable amount of content just for you. We've got movies, comedy, documentaries, so much more. I'll give you a couple examples. First, Shut In. If you haven't seen our first original movie, you've been under a rock. The film has an audience score of 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a Fresh Critical Score as well. It's a riveting redemption story, an absolute emotional roller coaster. It's artful, suspenseful, highly entertaining. 500,000 people engaged with it live during the world premiere last week. Even the left-leaning San Jose Mercury reviewed it and gave Shut In props. But it's not just quality movies like Shut In, Run Hide Fight or the soon to be released The Hyperions. Our summer blockbuster, Terror on the Prairie with Gina Carano. Is coming out soon. And when you become a member, you also get hard hitting documentaries like China, The Enemy Within, which is debuting today. This is from the acclaimed journalist and writer of The Plot Against the President, Lee Smith. Lee is going to show how we are all being betrayed by the ongoing coup orchestrated by America's political, corporate, and media elites to gain power and prestige, all to benefit themselves and the Chinese Communist Party. It's a gripping five part series engaging with Fauci, Biden, the NBA, Hollywood, shows how even our schools have become beholden to China now. Throw in our investigative journalism, one-of-a-kind shows like Third Thursday Book Club, Candace, Debunked, and The Search. Not to mention our willingness to fight for what you believe in, which is why I say the Daily Wire is much bigger than you think. When you sign up, you get all of these things. And trust me, we have a lot more coming, but we need your help. Hollywood has access to billions of dollars in capital. We have you. Help us build a world of news and entertainment that reflects your values and doesn't slap you in the face. Become a Daily Wire member today. Head to dailywire.com watch to get caught up on all this new exciting content. That's dailywire.com. Slash watch. All righty. So let's say that there had been a white right wing extremist who had walked up to a Jewish mayoral candidate and attempted to shoot him with a handgun. And let's say that this person had then been quickly arrested. Do you think that person would be out on bail right now? And if that person had been bailed out by a mainstream conservative organization, wouldn't that be sort of controversial? Don't you think that might lead every nightly newscast for, for a week in the United States? Well, precisely. The opposite happened when it comes to this BLM shooter, alleged shooter in Louisville, Kentucky. It's really an amazing story. It's an amazing story because it demonstrates full scale how the media are perfectly willing to downplay, ignore, pretend it didn't happen when it comes to people of the left who engage in violence against Jews particularly. That's been going on for quite a while. As an Orthodox Jew, I follow anti-Semitic stories pretty closely. And I've noticed that it is only certain types of anti-Semitism that the media like to pay attention to. When there are a bunch of moron Hitlerites up in Orlando carrying signs, then this becomes a national news story. And if Ron DeSantis condemns them, but not in the terms that the left would like, then Ron DeSantis becomes an anti-Semite. If there is a a right-wing extremist shooter who shoots up the Tree of Life synagogue in Pittsburgh, that of course is a national news story. If, however, a radical Muslim attempts to murder a bunch of Jews at a synagogue in Texas, that's a national news story for like a second. Or if a black Hebrew Israelite attempts to murder a bunch of Jews in New Jersey. That's not a story pretty much at all. Or if there's an ongoing spate of violent attacks by young black men against Jewish people in Williamsburg in New York, that's not a story. It doesn't make the front page. Not only does it not make the front pages, it doesn't make the back pages. The mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio, declares himself astonished that there's any anti-Semitism in his state. And this pattern holds true throughout. Anti-Semitism, when it comes to the left, is a tool that is used only to attack its political opponents. They don't care about anti Semitism as an actual phenomenon. They don't, like, I will equally condemn anyone, right, left, or center, who engages in actual anti Semitism. The left will not do the same. They will coddle their anti Semites. They will stroke their anti Semites, the ones in Congress, particularly. And groups that engage in overt anti Semitism, they will donate billions of dollars to. Black Lives Matter is an organization engaged in wild anti Semitic tropes about Israel, for example, didn't stop corporations from giving it $21 billion to BLM directly or to associated causes. When it comes to BLM organization directly, it raised some $90 million in 2020. Well, the latest iteration of this particularly bizarre phenomenon and troubling phenomenon is the reaction to the attempted shooting of a Jewish mayoral candidate, Democrat, by the way, in Louisville by a 21-year-old activist. According to the New York Post, the 21-year-old activist charged with trying to murder a Kentucky mayoral candidate has been released from jail after his $100,000 bond was posted by a bail fund supported by the local Black Lives Matter chapter. So just to get this straight, you had a BLM activist who attempted to murder a Jewish mayoral candidate, Democrat, in Louisville. And then his bond was immediately posted by the local BLM chapter. And this has received maybe a little bit of national news coverage, certainly not blanket national news coverage. Now imagine, for example, that the Heritage Foundation had bailed out the Tree of Life shooter. Wouldn't that be the biggest story in America? Not for days, for weeks, for months. Wouldn't it be a blot on the entire right? Not so when it comes to BLM, there are no expectations of BLM. In fact, the expectation is that they're just doing something to protect diverse audiences. Quintez's Brown's cash bond was paid Wednesday afternoon by the Louisville Community Bail Fund, which is an arm of Black Lives Matter Louisville. Brown is accused of firing multiple shots inside the Louisville office of mayoral hopeful Craig Greenberg on Monday. He walked free from the Metro Department of Corrections just hours later. BLM Louisville organizer Chanel Helm, who co-founded the bail fund, told the outlet Brown would be safer out of prison and claimed he was suffering PTSD, after two years of social unrest in the COVID-19 pandemic. Ah, so he's like a member of the US military who served in Afghanistan and had to witness carnage and chaos because he had PTSD from protesting and from COVID-19, which again, we all lived under the same regime for COVID-19 for like a couple of years. Helm said, in this case, we're dealing with someone that has mental health issues. They're calling for this individual, this young man who needs support and help to be punished to the full extent. It's a resounding message that people are down for the torture that has taken place in our jails and prisons. The Louisville Bail Fund says on its social media page, it exists to not only bail out folks, but provide post-release support to get them jail fed and to a situation of safety. Well, this prompted Mitch McConnell, the Senate majority leader to point out the hypocrisy of both the media and of BLM yesterday. Here's the Senate, well, soon to be majority leader, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. This far left Black Lives Matter activist and defund the police cheerleader walked into a Jewish Democrat's campaign headquarters and opened fire. Obviously, every aspect of this is still under investigation, including the suspect's mental condition. But guess what? He's already been let out of jail. This is just jaw-dropping. The innocent people of Louisville deserve better. And again, the rule for the left is that when somebody is an extremist on the left, it must be because they're crazy, because obviously their views are right. It's just, they're just they went a little nuts. I mean, what can you blame them? They just went a little bit crazy when somebody on the right. They're emblematic of the entire right wing movement all over the world. If you are if you are remotely associated with the, even if you're not associated with the right, they'll attempt to link you. Right. If you are the Gabby Giffords shooter in Arizona and you're an actual crazy person, the left will attempt to link you to Sarah Palin. But if you're this guy who's an actual BLM activist who's written for the Louisville Courier Journal, who was given awards by organizations that had been endorsed by people like Barack Obama, if you're that guy, then it's just you went a little crazy, man. Metro Council President David James also slammed the bail fund's controversial decision to post Brown's bond, according to the New York Post, saying they're going to be responsible for what he may or may not do to anybody. Brown, a University of Louisville student who is running as an independent for Louisville's Metro Council, has been fitted with an ankle monitor as being placed on home incarceration ahead of his trial. He was arrested and charged with attempted murder after opening fire with a 9mm Glock handgun inside Greenberg's campaign office. On Monday, he's also charged with four counts of wanton endangerment for allegedly firing shots near Greenberg's staffers. A judge on Tuesday ordered Brown to have no contact with Greenberg or his staff and said he cannot possess firearms either. Alrighty, in just one second, what would you say if I told you that this Black Lives Matter alleged shooter was pretty obviously anti-Semitic and didn't like Jews, and maybe that had something to do with the show. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about a simple fact. For a lot of jobs these days, you need a degree, but you don't want to go to a university that's going to indoctrinate you in stupidity. Instead, you want a university that not only is a value, but also shares many of your values. This is why you need Grand Canyon University. It's an affordable private Christian college, one of the largest, fastest growing universities in the country. Located in sunny Phoenix, Arizona, GCU has not increased campus tuition since 2009. They've delivered over $290 million in scholarships to online and campus students in 2020 alone. Grand Canyon University offers 275 degree programs with over 250 of them online. So if you're looking to earn your degree online with supportive counselors and faculty from around the country, or you want to go to one of the top 20 best college campuses in America, where you feel truly connected to a community, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. I've visited GCU. It's a beautiful campus, wonderful people over there. Go check them out today. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see what scholarships you qualify for. Again, that's gcu.edu slash myoffer to get started. Police said Brown appears to have acted alone. They're still investigating a motive for the shooting. Well, I mean, I I have some ideas about the motive for the shooting. Uh, My ideas about the motive for the shooting come directly from the suspect's social media page. The Daily Beast, no right-wing source this, says the violent incident, likened to an assassination attempt, came after Brown veered toward increasingly radical politics in recent years, meeting just last week with a representative for a black nationalist paramilitary group. Brown, 21, is facing several charges, including attempted murder. A former intern and editorial columnist of the Louisville Courier-Journal, Brown wrote in the paper that he had studied philosophy and pan-Africanism, while at the University of Louisville. So they obviously did a wonderful job over there. There, he'd previously served as the opinion editor of the school's newspaper, The Cardinal, and is an MLK scholar. After Breonna Taylor was killed by Louisville police officers during a notorious March 2020 raid, Brown found himself at the forefront of the city's protests. He wrote several columns in the Courier-Journal about social justice. He also founded From Fields to Area, a group advocating for political education and violence prevention training for city youth. He was featured on MSNBC in 2018, he spoke about wanting common sense gun reform. He was also featured by the Obama Foundation as a rising face. He participated in the former president's My Brother's Keeper program, becoming one of just 22 students nationwide, inviting to the inaugural gathering of the My Brother Brother's Keeper Alliance. He said, I've seen the consequences of poverty and centuries of systemic racism and oppression. I believe in the potential of everyone. I cannot stand by silently. while well, I see the lives and potential of my brothers and sisters be cut short due to systemic injustice. Our brothers need hope. Our brothers need positive role models. Our brothers need mentors. He's also taken pictures with everybody from Al Sharpton to Kentucky Senate candidate Charles Booker. In a 2021 Twitter post, Booker described Brown as a brilliant young scholar who'd spoken at his Senate launch years prior. Now, here is the problem. The problem is that this particular guy, his social media is loaded with anti-Semitism. According to the Daily Beast, Brown's more recent social media posts, particularly the accounts associated with his campaign for a seat in the Louisville Metro Council, showed an increasing interest in black nationalist and pan-Africanist leaders. He frequently posted photos and quotes of the Black Panthers, Stokely Carmichael, George Jackson, and late Ghanaian, the Ghanaian president, Kwame Nkrumah. We have one scientific and correct solution, pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism, his Twitter bio reads. He even appeared to urge followers last week to join the Lion of Judah Armed Forces, a gun-toting group whose leadership has voiced ideas similar to those of the Black Hebrew-Israelite movement. The latter anti-Semitic ideology holds that Black Americans, not Jews, are the true descendants of the biblical Hebrews. Adherents of that movement were charged with murdering four Jewish people at a kosher supermarket in Jersey City in 2019. A local spokesperson for the line of Judah Armed Forces told the Daily Beast he first met with Brown last Thursday, though the accused never became a member of the group. He affirmed the organization's black Hebrew Israelite beliefs, but maintained they didn't endorse the attack or have any foreknowledge of Brown's plans. In January, shortly after he filed to run for the Metro Council, Brown posted a revolutionary love letter to his Medium account. He said, by expecting someone else to take full responsibility for our liberation. These reactionary so-called black leaders are committing an act of political suicide. The revolutionary consciousness of the masses must understand that the struggle against the negative forces of genocide and fascism will not end at the ballot box of the ruling class. Attempting to get within one of the two major parties has caused our leaders to become co-opted with their interests, shunted to the background. In addition to his social justice work, Brown garnered media attention when he was the subject of a missing persons investigation last year. Apparently, he went missing for a couple of weeks in 2021. So maybe this is mental illness. Maybe it is. But the surest, the surety with which his, uh, his behavior is being treated as mental illness is pretty astonishing. There's an entire piece in the Courier-Journal today by Ricky Jones titled, What Happened to the Brilliance of Quintez Brown? What happened? He says it was unthinkable. It was so unthinkable. This columnist says, many will now see Quintez as little more than a pariah tainted by venom and his study of nationalism and Pan-Africanism. He's already being characterized that way. Everyone from local media to the NRA are piling on. they will freeze him in time as nothing more than a vicious criminal and potential killer, undeserving of any love or consideration. They will not talk about the fact that Quintes was among the minority of young black boys who make it to college. They will not talk about the fact he wasn't just a student. He is gifted beyond description. They never sat with him. They never spoke with him. They never saw him tr- smile or troubled by the suffering of others. I did. And then he talks about the magic. of He says, all I know is we lost him. There's more and more talk about mental health these days. Quintes is a stark example of what we can lose to psychological breaks. We have temporarily lost that great mind, that potential, that love, joy, and commitment. We lost it all, hopefully not forever. Okay, so um, here is the thing. This guy, Ricky Jones, professor and chair of the Pan-African Studies Department at the University of Louisville. Obviously, uh, he doesn't want his ideology linked to anything that this shooter did. The quickness with which this has been labeled a mental health case, as opposed to an outgrowth of a particular political ideology is astonishing. And it's a reminder that when it comes to these narratives, if you are on the left and you do something very, very, very bad, it will quickly be chalked up to anything but your politics. If, however, you're on the right and you say the word freedom while you're camped out in Ottawa, this makes you a terrorist. The contrast is stunning. Hey, there's been no attempt to track down anybody who donated to the Louisville Bail Fund that gave $100,000 to bail this guy out of jail. Not one effort by the media. Yet the entire media is apparently now tracking down people who gave 40 bucks to the Freedom Convoy in Canada. Because one is a national news story and one is not. As we've discussed before, what makes a story local versus national is specifically and precisely only the political orientation of the people involved. That's all. Alrighty, in just one second, we'll get to a simple fact. If you are a BLM protester doing pretty much anything, the media will make excuses for you. If, however, you set up a jacuzzi in Ottawa in order to protest vax mandates, then you are very bad and the government can do pretty much whatever they want to you. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you may have noticed the price of the pump these days. Insane. Like four bucks a gallon where I live, and I know I actually don't live in one of the most expensive gas areas in the country. Well, here's what you need to save money on gas today. You need that free GetUpside app you've always heard me talking about. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download that free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SHAPIRO for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up, cash back. Do not pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code SHAPIRO. You get 25 cents per gallon or more on your very first tank of gas. It's not just for gas. You can earn up to 30% cash back at grocery stores, restaurants, and food delivery, too. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. With inflation hitting just about everything, why wouldn't you try to save some money with that free GetUpside app? Use promo code Shapiro to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your very first tank of gas. Again, just use my promo code Shapiro right now. That is promo code Shapiro. Every time you fill up your tank of gas, you could be saving money when you download that free GetUpside app. It is incredible as we learn more and more about the doxing of the Give, Send, Go donors to the Freedom Convoy. The people who are behind it are perfectly obvious about what they're doing. There is an activist named Aubrey Cottle who hacked Give, Send, Go and then went online and bragged openly about it. Have, has this person been arrested yet? I'm unaware. Have Have the media dug up any information on this person and why they did this? No, of course not. But this is this person. A- ask yourself if this seems like a, a mentally stable human being. Yes, I doxed the truckers! I did it! It was me! I hacked Give, Send, Go, baby! And I do it again! I do it a hundred times! I did it! I did it! Come at me! What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to me, huh? And the answer is they're not gonna do anything to this person. Nothing. He hacked a website and revealed confidential donors. And the Canadian government jumped on that and proceeded to go after all of these donors. The media jumped on it and proceeded to go after all the donors. And so if you, if you donated to the Freedom Convoy, this makes you akin to a terrorist. If you're an actual possible terrorist, then you're probably mentally ill if you are on the left because you are associated with Black Lives Matter, which makes you one of the good people. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland of in Canada. She came out and she said, yeah, you know, we're going even further in shutting down accounts and going after the financial holdings of people. She said, you know, the names of individuals and and crypto wallets have now been shared with the financial institutions by the government. So institutions can shut down people's ability to move their money. The names of both individuals and entities, as well as crypto wallets, have been shared by the RCMP with financial institutions And accounts have been frozen and more accounts will be frozen. Absolutely vile. I mean, this is actual tyranny, what's happening in Canada. Going to financial institutions as the government, relieving them of civil liability for freezing accounts and saying you don't even need a court order to shut down people's bank accounts to seize their crypto wallets. That's insanity. That's insanity. But it's justified, of course, because the people in Ottawa are supposedly a bunch of right-wing extremists. Now, as we'll get to, they're not all right-wing extremists. A lot of those people are not even right-wing. But it goes even further, Canada's justice minister, David Lament, he said, you know, perhaps Trump supporters in in Canada should be worried about us freezing their funds. You've just compared people who may have donated to this to the, the same people who are funding maybe a terrorist. I just want to be clear here, sir. This is really important. A lot of folks says, look, I just don't like your vaccine mandates and I donated to this. Now it's illegal. Should I be worried that the bank can freeze my account? What's your answer to that? Well, if, I think if you, if you are a member uh, of, you know, a, a pro-Trump movement who's donating hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars to this kind of thing, then you ought to be worried. If you're a member of a pro-Trump movement, a pro-Trump movement. Now, that's so amazing because, number one, Trump is not a Canadian politician. Trump was the American president of the United States. Trump didn't sponsor the Freedom Convoy. Trump has nothing to do with the Freedom Convoy. But if you drop the word Trump in there, Canada suddenly thinks it's totally okay to look at shutting you down and seizing your cash and freezing it. It's unreal. I mean, that is full-scale tyranny. It's thought crime. So they, they, will, they will say that your thoughts are criminal in Canada, and they will shut down your accounts without a court order If you gave money to the Freedom Convoy, that didn't go for criminal activity. It just went for like their gas or to buy them, for example, a bouncy house for their kids, which is one of the things that's happening in Ottawa. If you did that, you're basically akin to a terrorist. If you're an actual terrorist, possibly this Black Lives Matter activist who attempted to murder a Jewish Democrat in Louisville, well, then it's just mental illness and, and we should we should all, you know, really take a step back. It's even worse. The Ottawa police chief, he came out, he said, listen, we're not even going to allow people to come down into Ottawa for the unlawful activity of engaging in demonstrations. Since when is it an unlawful activity to engage in demonstrations? I've noticed that you didn't feel this way about the actual BLM demonstrations in June 2020, when Justin Trudeau, that pathetic dweeb of an idiot. I mean, that... Justin Trudeau is just he, he is one of the least impressive human beings on planet Earth He's a mashup, as I've said before, of Derek Zoolander and Nancy Pelosi with a dash of Bernie. And, and maybe some Fidel Castro genetic material, but maybe not. Anyway, Justin Trudeau went and, and rallied with BLM in the middle of a pandemic. So, Captain, I'm so worried about the pandemic that I have to seize all your funds and, you know, really make sure that that we, we all are together as Canadians in supporting tyranny. That guy, he was perfectly willing to buck all of the COVID rules for June 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. Now the pandemic is basically ending in Canada because a bunch of provinces have decided to relieve their rules. And he is now empowering people to shut down basic fundamental freedoms like the freedom to demonstrate. Here's the Ottawa police. I mean, this is, it's truly frightening stuff. And obviously, I don't know when you guys are gonna go in or whatever, but uh, there's still lots of people just walking on Wellington Street and all that that are supporting. So what, and they're probably gonna continue. What are you saying to these people if they don't wanna leave either? So our, our, our message has been pretty consistent around that. And more importantly, the message from our community and our residents has been pretty consistent around that. Do not come to our downtown core. We are tired of what's occurring there. We're sick of what's happening in our streets. So leave our area. We will continue with that message this weekend. But you're seeing an increased enforcement presence. And we won't be allowing people to come down for the unlawful activity of engaging in demonstrations. Unlawful activity of engaging in demonstrations? I I wasn't aware that engaging in demonstrations is unlawful activity. You want to say unlawful activity? of blocking traffic, unlawful activity, of violating the law. Like what makes it it, engaging in demonstrations is now unlawful in Ottawa. This is frightening stuff. So all of this should frighten you. But here's the thing. What was the left all hot and bothered about yesterday? What the left was hot and bothered about is the fact that Elon Musk tweeted out an internet meme about Hitler. This is what the left was super worried about. So just to get this straight, if a Black Lives Matter activist attempts to murder a Jew in Louisville this is not anti-Semitism, even if his page is loaded with anti semitism not anti-Semitism. However, if Elon Musk makes a Hitler joke about a leader who has now invoked an emergencies act to freeze bank accounts and utilize dictatorial power, Elon Musk must be secretly uh, a vicious anti-Semite. and he uh, he tweeted out a meme of of Hitler it said stop comparing me to Justin Trudeau. I had a budget. okay, that that's Right? That, that, that's a very old internet joke, right? What's the difference between ex-politician and Hitler? Hitler had a mustache, right? These are very old internet jokes. They're not anti-Semitic. Okay, like, let me, let me explain. As a person who has been attacked with probably more anti-Semitism than nearly anyone in American public life, I can safely say that is not an anti-Semitic meme. But here's the thing. The left gets angry at memery that they can try to generate outrage about anti-Semitism. But, but actual attacks on Jews, they don't give any craps. They don't care at all. Like, not one iota. Because always the double standard applies. If you're on the left, you must be good. If you're on the right, you must be bad. If you're libertarian, you must, if you don't just don't agree with the left, you must be bad. The true anti-Semitism is Elon Musk tweeting out Hitler memes, not about the Jews, but about Justin Trudeau's treatment of dissent. That's it. That, that, that's real anti-Semitism. Black activists trying to murder a Jew, not actual anti-Semitism. All coming up every day, more bad polling for Democrats. The DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. They have some internal polling that just got leaked. It is horrific for them. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, you know, every time you go to the auto parts store, here's what happens. You stand in line for a long time. Finally get to the front of the line. And then they're like, yeah, there's a supply chain shortage. We don't have the part. We'll order it online and then we'll upcharge you 30%. What do you say? Or you could just, you know, go online and order the part yourself with rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Head on over to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog, it's unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Head on over to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write Shapiro in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Okay, meanwhile, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee has some internal polling and it is just brutal for them, particularly on COVID. So according to SanFranciscoGate.com, Eric Ting writing, The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee is concerned that Republican attacks on the Democrats' handling of COVID-19 have, quote, alarming credibility, according to a slide deck obtained by SFGate. The DCCC conducted a poll around the competitive House districts for the upcoming 2022 midterms. These are the 60 most competitive House districts. Findings from the poll were presented to DCCC officials on Thursday morning. One slide in the presentation, shared with SFGate by someone who attended the presentation, says many of the Republican attacks tested have alarming credibility, including Republican attacks on COVID-19 policy. The poll found 57% of voters in competitive congressional districts agree with the statement, Democrats in Congress have taken things too far in their pandemic response. 66% of self-defined swing voters in competitive districts agree with that statement. White and Hispanic voters in competitive districts were equally as likely to agree, 59%. Black voters, 42% and Asian voters disagreed with the statement but those numbers are not good for Democrats. If you have four in 10 black voters agreeing with the Republicans and 4.6 in 10 voters who are Asian agreeing with the Republicans, Democrats just get walloped. The poll did not define what taken things too far means. The DCCC found that critiques of COVID-19 restrictions were slightly less potent than other issues. In swing districts, 64% of voters agreed with the statement, Democrats in Congress support defunding the police and taking more cops off the street. The internal poll found that 80% of self-defined swing voters in competitive districts agreed with the same statement. 62% of voters in contested districts agreed with the statement, Democrats in Congress have created a border crisis that allows illegal immigrants to enter the country without repercussion and grants them taxpayer, taxpayer-funded benefits once here. 78% of swing voters in those districts agreed. 61% of swing district voters agreed with the statement, Democrats in Congress are spending money out of control. And Democrats are teaching kids as young as five critical race theory, which teaches that America is a racist country and that white people are racist. And 59 percent agreed with the statement. Democrats are too focused on pursuing an agenda that divides us and judging those who don't see things their way. Disastrous numbers for the Democrats. Well, here's the thing. All of those things are at root true. You can quibble with the legality. Are Democrats actually giving taxpayer funded benefits to illegal immigrants at the federal level? No, they can't receive federal welfare benefits. However, In a wide variety of states, like California, the answer is they are receiving many taxpayer benefits. Are are Democrats actually actively attempting to defund the police from the federal level? The answer is no. However, do Democrats support federal crackdowns on police departments across the country and broad scale attempts to shift money from police departments to other social services? The answer, of course, is yes. And people have caught on to this. But Democrats are stuck in this death spiral with their own radicalism. They cannot get out. So the DCCC chair, Sean Maloney, he says, you know, it'll be fine. Now Biden will be able to tell his story. Well, what story exactly is that going to be, sir? What would you like to see in the State of the Union with regard to American families waiting and waiting to hear from the president? Well, you, 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 you got to sell. You, you have to assume that no one knows anything. And you need to, in clear, simple terms, like a human being, tell them what the heck we've been doing, because it's good stuff. Um... Yeah, it is not good stuff, by the way. And and the Democrats can't get their messaging straight on COVID. And COVID ties into all of this because, again, COVID really removed a lot of sort of the barriers to cause and effect that exist in politics. Usually when a policy passes, there are a bunch of intervening factors. COVID removed all those intervening factors. So we saw immediate response to bad Democratic policy. And yet Democrats continue to say, we're going to follow Fauci. We're going to follow and They made these people into religious figures because they hate Donald Trump that much. They said that politicians can't make these decisions for us. Politicians have to delegate this to the experts. And they said that because they hated Trump. They didn't like that particular politician. Well, the problem is they created a box they can no longer get out of. So you still have Anthony Fauci saying that it is risky to have kids stop wearing face masks. Under what rubric? The death rate for children with COVID-19 is infinitesimal. Children are safer, never having had a vaccine, than adults are having been fully vaccinated and boosted. Here is Anthony Fauci. We could get lucky because the trajectory right now is going way down and it very well may be that if you take masks off the kids in the next week or so it's going to keep going down but you've really got to be careful you know you don't want to say it's an absolutely wrong decision it's understandable why people want to take masks off the kids but right now given the level of activity that we have it is risky okay he has provided no evidence whatsoever that it's risky none Countries all over the world have unmasked their kids a year ago. Like, where is his evidence for this? He'll cite the CDC, but the CDC can't cite any data that actually backs this. Meanwhile, Rochelle Lensky is openly lying about this sort of stuff. She tweeted out yesterday, quote, in recent months, we have seen hospitalization rates among children higher than any point in the pandemic. Parents, I strongly encourage you to get your eligible children vaccinated against COVID-19 to best protect children not eligible. Surround them with vaccinated people. Um, so here is the thing. She's lying. That's not true. Those are kids with COVID. The CDC itself has discovered this. When you're talking about kids at record levels of hospitalization with COVID, yes, with COVID, because COVID is hitting everyone. Omicron hit everyone. That doesn't mean they're there because of COVID. But Democrats cannot pull out of this tailspin. They're screwed. They really are. Because too much of their base has bought full scale into myths, into the lies that they were telling. And now they've got the monkey's paw. Everybody believed them on their own side. And now they're wedded to those people. So you still have Joy Behar, who, again, is the id of the Democratic Party out there saying she might wear a mask indefinitely. Well, if it would shut her up, perhaps that might be a good thing for the rest of humanity. But but she has every right to say to speak her what what is left of her addled mind. If I go on the subway, Mm -hmm. if I go in a bus, if I go into the theater, if I go into um, where else would I go? A crowded spot, a crowded place. I would wear a mask and Mm -hmm. I might do that indefinitely Mm -hmm. because why do I need a flu or a cold? even? Right. Well, maybe forever maybe forever, she'll be protected from every disease in the history of mankind because she is wearing a cloth mask in, in a public place. By the way, Nancy Pelosi, she is trying to draw some sort of half-hearted compromise on COVID in the, in the House. So a few weeks ago, it was announced that the, the State of the Union address would take place with like 25 people there, according to the Associated Press. Now, all members of Congress have been invited to attend the State of the Union. This is a further step toward normalcy, says Yahoo News. Yet the big annual speech could still turn into a new and disruptive display of national tensions. The guidelines include social distancing and mask wearing during the event. And if you don't do it, then you will be removed. Everyone will be required to be virus tested ahead of time. No guests will be allowed. Good luck with this, man. Like, really. So you got 60% of the American public in swing districts saying they think you went too far. Nancy Pelosi's like, mask everybody and social distance them. Please continue this. Please continue this. And When it comes to your economic policy, it's even worse. We'll get to that in just one moment. First... Now, the simple fact is that when you run an e-commerce business, it can be pretty rough. I mean, there are a lot of elements you need to make work all at the same time. And it's hard keeping your e-commerce business running smoothly with limited resources. Why not simplify shipping so you can worry about all the other stuff that you got to do? Stamps.com eliminates all your shipping stress by integrating with the most popular online shopping platforms to make labeling a breeze. Plus, get access to deeply discounted shipping options and save about 100 trips to the post office with Stamps.com. We've been doing that here at Daily Wire since 2017. We are a thriving business, at least in part. Thanks to Stamps.com, we don't waste our time or our money over here. For over 20 years, Stamps.com has helped over a million businesses save time and money on shipping. Stamps.com gets you incredible discounts on shipping, like up to 40% off USPS rates and up to 76% off UPS. It automatically connects to your stores, bringing together all your shipping info from Amazon, Etsy, Shopify, eBay, and many more. Simply print your shipping label from any standard printer, stick them to your package, and then schedule a pickup or drop them off. No traffic, no lines. With Stamps.com's tracking tools and automated delivery notification emails, you can avoid those dreaded, where's the package and what's my return status messages. If you ever have a question, Stamps.com award-winning U.S.-based shipping support team is ready to help. So stop worrying about shipping today. Start saving time and money with Stamps.com. No risk. With my promo code Shapiro, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital shipping scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in Shapiro. That's Stamps.com. Promo code Shapiro. Stamps.com. Easy e-commerce shipping for less. All right, we'll get back to the news in just one second. First, Last night, we had our third Thursday book club and it's just fabulous. I really enjoyed it. It's maybe my favorite thing that we do here at Daily Wire. We went over my thoughts and analysis for Mark Twain's Huck Finn. It's a deeply moving book and going through it with all of you, people who are reading the book alongside me. It's just wonderful. Next book, A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. I can't wait to read it and discuss it with you next month. Remember, third Thursday book club is a live experience. Get to engage with me like never before. We read the book together. And then you ask me questions, and I respond directly to you. You've built these beautiful sets for each one of the books. Here's the thing. Even if you haven't read the book we discuss, you will feel well-read by the time we are done. You'll know a lot more about the books you should have read if you join Third Thursday Book Club. I'm going to be your guide. I'm going to show you why each book is such an important work. And when you sign up, you get my notes. That's a cheat sheet to the important lessons, themes, and characters. And remember, you're doing all of this with thousands of Daily Wire members live. It's not like any book club you've ever been a part of. So remember, pick up your copy of A Tale of Two Cities, And then sign up for Third Thursday Book Club at thirdthursdaybookclub.com so you can join us on Thursday, March 17th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Also, make sure to tune in this Sunday for a fascinating new episode of Sunday Special. It features my interview with tech executive Avishal Garg. All about crypto, why you need to know about Bitcoin, what you need to know about this sort of innovation. I I think it's fascinating and illuminating. Here's a sneak peek. If you go to some of these Web3 companies, um, you know, crypto and blockchain, all these companies, they're really young. I mean, these are like college dropouts. This is this is internet all over again. Right? If you remember what the internet was in the early 2000s and kind of the energy that was around that and how young it felt, this is that all over again. Avishal is brilliant, and not only is he brilliant, he can really explain what is going on with crypto. So if you've always been mystified by why people are talking about crypto and what it is and is it some like weird gamer thing? Well, go check out the interview. You will know a lot by the time it's over. You can stream it at dailywire.com slash watch or on my YouTube channel this Sunday. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Meanwhile, supposedly Joe Biden has a lot to brag about in the State of the Union. What exactly would that be? I mean, seriously, what would that be? It can't be the economy because his malaise continues. And CNN, by the way, is now using that word to describe Joe Biden. There, there's a piece one day ago from CNN called Here's Why Democrats' Chances of Winning in November Are Slipping. Like Everybody sort of understands what's happening here. And it's getting, it's getting worse. I mean, they've been talking about his polling malaise for months at this point. Well, the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 600 points on Thursday. That is the steepest one-day loss of the year as geopolitical tensions and the prospect of tighter monetary policy ahead roiled markets. The blue chip index slid 622.24 points or 1.8% to 34,312.03, its worst session on a point and percentage basis since November. The losses were broad based. Tesla fell 5%. Morgan Stanley dropped 4.9%. Meta platforms, which is Facebook, slid 4.1%. Nine of the 11 sectors in the S&P 500 declined, led by tech and communication services groups which both fell about 3%. Some of that is the chaotic nature of the Ukraine-Russia situation. But a lot of it is the problem of economic uncertainty, the possibility of the Fed cracking down. And the Biden administration has no answer for this. So, for example, they they, they keep blaming a couple of things. One, evil, evil companies. And two, the pandemic itself. So, for example, you have just yesterday the Biden economic advisor, Cecilia Rouse, saying that inflation is driven only by the pandemic. It's really the pandemic that's doing all of this. I think that the number one way that the president uh, needs to be focused on, and we all need to be focused on, is getting this pandemic under control. Because this is all driven by the pandemic. Um, Well, no, it's not. And you know who says it's not? Stephen Ratner. So Stephen Ratner was a counselor to the Treasury Secretary under Barack Obama. He has a piece in the New York Times talking about this. He says, in an interview with Lester Holt of NBC last week, President Biden hewed closely to his talking points on inflation, which over the past 12 months has risen at the fastest pace in 40 years. The reason for the inflation is the supply chains were cut off, he insisted, as he has done several times before. Well, no, that's both simplistic and misleading. For starters, the supply chains have not been cut off, just stretched, and supply issues are by no means the root cause of our inflation. Blaming inflation on supply lines is like complaining about your sweater keeping you too warm after you've added several logs to the fireplace. The bulk of our supply problems are the product of an overstimulated economy, not the cause of it. Sure, there have been some COVID-related challenges like health-related worker shortages, but Most of our supply problems have been homegrown. Americans have resumed spending freely and along the way have been creating shortages akin to those in a shopping mall on Black Friday. All that consumption resulted from vast amounts of government rescue aid, including including three rounds of stimulus checks and substantial underspending by consumers during the lockdown phase of the COVID crisis. There's also been an unforeseen shift in what consumers are buying. With travel still sluggish and many people still wary of returning to entertainment venues, a hunk of purchasing has moved to goods, particularly cars, electronics, and building materials, for which production and distribution capacity is limited. It's a classic economic case of too much money chasing too few goods, resulting in both higher prices and giving the extreme surge in demand shortages, a spending increase of the magnitude we're seeing, 25% on durable goods in 2021 over 2020, according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Would have challenged the capabilities of manufacturers under the best circumstances. Much has been made, for example, about the very real shortage of semiconductors, but that gap has occurred despite manufacturers delivering a staggering 1.15 trillion chips in 2021, handily eclipsing the previous annual record. That looks to me like a demand problem creating a supply problem. And yes, when chips are in short supply, auto companies must curtail production and prices rise. I just ordered a new car and had to pay well above sticker price and face an indefinite wait. Among the ripple effects, a surge in used car prices, which are up. over January 2020 levels. Cars are not alone. Over that same period, furniture and bedding prices rose 19%. Laundry equipment became 33% more expensive. In this environment, shipping delays are hardly surprising. The Commerce Department reported last week, imports into the US surged by almost 21% last year. No wonder the volume of goods arriving at the Port of LA hit record levels in 2021. The Great Resignation has also created shortages of a different kind. Labor shortages in the service sector, both for businesses which demand remain mixed like restaurants and those for which demand has increased, like a plumber or electrician. This means that inflation in service prices remains higher than the Federal Reserve's target of 2%. Says Ratner, you can't blame clogged ports for that. So the real solution, he says, is more complicated. He says some shortages will ebb naturally on their own. Other shortages will take longer to moderate and will, will require robust action, particularly by the Federal Reserve. The White House needs to be more honest as it rolls out initiatives. But they've been lying. The Biden administration needs to shift its approach. It should make deficit reduction as important as all of its other initiatives. But instead, he claims that his giant spending plans are deficit neutral. Again, this is Barack Obama's economist, guys. Okay, So so Joe Biden has no economic plan to brag about. Meanwhile, Elizabeth Warren is, is giving you the stupid people version of how economics works. She says that the reason the prices are rising is because companies are being mean and greedy. Here is Elizabeth Warren. How in the world? How is she a senator? Now, you might think inflation would also be bad for companies. After all, an increase in the cost of doing business would likely eat into a company's bottom line. But that's not happening. In fact, the CEOs of some of the biggest companies have been bragging to their investors that inflation has created a terrific opportunity for them to boost profits. Take the grocery chain, Kroger. Kroger has seen its business boom during the pandemic, with its stock price rising nearly 40% over the past year. Kroger's CEO recently told investors that, quote, a little bit of inflation is always good in our business. Um, So it's their greed. It's their greedy and mean. Man, I wish for those times during Donald Trump's administration when the corporations were just less greedy. Because obviously greed is the, the militating factor here. That's the only intervening factor. So, you know, I guess that they were just much more altruistic in like 2019. It can't be that supply chain strains and inflation itself have created inordinate demand for goods. And then when people were told to stay home and never go to a restaurant again, that they bought more goods off the shelf. And it can't be that now that the government has blown trillions of dollars into the pockets of Americans. We're talking on the order of $9 trillion in assets owned by the Federal Reserve. We're talking about $7 trillion blown directly into the pockets of the American consumer maybe that had an impact on the prices. But no, it's the greed. It's the greed. Because it can't be our policies. I mean, of course, this, this idiot Warren thinks this. Of course she thinks this. It, what's amazing about Elizabeth Warren is she didn't used to be this stupid. I don't know if she hit her head or what. If you read her book, The Two Income Trap from the early 2000s, it's actually quite interesting and heterodox. And her th- when she was at Harvard Law, when I was there, she was definitely more heterodox. Now she's just a down-the-line Bernie sanders Bernie's peculiar brain disease is apparently catching. It's like syphilis of economics. You get too close to it, and it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. But that brainworm has taken Elizabeth Warren, who now apparently thinks that prices rise and falls based on the, what, varying greed levels of various, consu- various corporations or something? Like none of this holds water at all. And it's about to get a lot worse for the American consumer because not only are prices really high, not only have prices been eating up wage increases, but now mortgage rates have spiked. According to the Wall Street Journal, mortgage rates hit their highest level in almost three years, further straining affordability in a market where prices have risen steeply. The average rate for a 30-year fixed is now almost 4% for the week ending on Thursday, according to the mortgage finance giant Freddie Mac, that's up from 3.7% a week earlier. This is the highest level since May 2019. Expectations the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates several times this year to control inflation are driving up those mortgage rates, which are closely tied to the 10-year U.S. Treasury, which of course makes sense. The yield on the benchmark note traded near a recent high of 2% on Thursday. At their meeting last month, officials at the central bank accelerated the pace of planned rate increases if inflation does not subside. Mortgage rates have now risen for three straight weeks. A year ago, the rate on America's most popular home loan was 2.73%, just above its record low of 2.65%. They say that rates still remain near historic lows, but those are bigger rates than people have seen in several years at this point, which presumably will drive some sort of downturn in the real estate market, or at least a flattening out of the real estate market in the very near future. And that real estate market, that hot real estate market is how a lot of people are making money these days. So, you know, the 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 boosting of inflation rates has had a massive impact on everything from what you pay at the grocery to whether you get to buy a new home. So well done, Joe Biden. All of this is working out just beautifully for Joe Biden and company. And we're supposed to believe that he's in control. We're supposed to believe that he's going to give the State of the Union next month at which he triumphantly announces that he has done a wonderful job throughout. Truly, truly, you know, I I hope that he does his best to pretend that he gets all of the credit for all of this. Good luck to him. Good luck to him. Meanwhile, the situation in Ukraine continues to deteriorate. Multiple reports today of various acts of Russian aggression. Apparently, According to NATO, Russia now has not 100,000, not 130,000, but up to 180 or 190,000 troops on the border of Ukraine, which would make this the single largest troop movement in Europe since World War II. Also, according to The Wall Street Journal, violence escalated in eastern Ukraine on Thursday with Russian-backed separatists and authorities in Kiev trading accusations over ceasefire violations along the front line, as President Biden said Moscow was fabricating a pretext to invade its neighbor and warned that the threat of a Russian incursion remained very high. Adding to the tension, the Kremlin threatened in a letter to the U.S. to resort to unspecified military technical measures if it did not, did not receive from the United States and its allies legally binding guarantees of its security, which include a pledge from NATO that it would never allow Ukraine to join, as well as curbs on troop deployments in Eastern Europe. Now, let's be real about this. NATO is not threatening Russia. At no point has NATO said, you know what we'd like to do? We'd like to come in there and we're just going to take you know some area in the Urals. We're, we're just going to take... And we're going to go into the caucuses. We're just going to take some terror. Like at no point has NATO ever said anything remotely like this. So Putin pretending that NATO, which was designed as a defensive alliance to ward off the predations of the USSR. At no point has NATO been overtly aggressive. But Vladimir Putin is pretending they're aggressive so that he can justify his own aggression. In the United Nations, Russia leveled allegations formally that Russian leaders have repeated in recent weeks. The Ukraine is pursuing a genocide against Russian speakers. That, by the way, is going to justify not just an invasion of Eastern Ukraine, which is majority Russian speaking, but presumably the rest of Ukraine, because there are a lot of Russian speakers in Ukraine. This is how the the logic morphs, by the way. I mean, Hitler did use the same logic. Hitler's original logic was, you know, we have a lot of ethnic Germans in some of these areas, like the Sudetenland, the the majority of ethnic Germans. So why not? Let's take that. Maybe we'll take that. Then it was, you know, all of Czechoslovakia, that entire area, you know, they, they, they are being kind of mean to the Germans. Maybe we need to go in there. Maybe we need to go into this small region of Poland. After all, there are a lot of Polish speakers there, a lot of German speakers there, and you know, they're being treated very badly. Putin knows the logic and that's that's the logic he is using. And the White House spokesperson yesterday, she suggested that um, Karen Jean-Pierre, that says said that Russia is moving toward an imminent invasion, which of course is world markets pretty radically. The evidence on the ground is that Russia is moving toward an eminent invasion. This week, the Russian government said that it would withdraw troops from the, broader, from the Ukraine border. And they received a lot of attention for that claim, but here and around the world. And, uh, but we know that is absolutely false. Uh, which you've heard us say from from coming from our administration. In fact, we have now confirmed that in the last several days, Russia has increased its troops presence along the Ukraine border by as many as 7000 troops, with some arriving in the past 24 hours. This is cause of serious concerns. By the way, you don't have to trust the Biden administration on this one. There are multiple other foreign governments that are confirming these sorts of reports. Biden, for his for his take, he said he thinks the invasion is going to happen in the next several days, which, of course, would not be a large scale surprise, considering that. It's been kind of going conventional wisdom for a while that Russia was going to wait until after the Olympics were over. They closed on Sunday in order to invade Ukraine. We have reason to believe that they are engaged in a false flag operation. to have an excuse to go in. Every indication we have is they're prepared to go into Ukraine, attack Ukraine. I, my sense this will happen within the next several days. And okay, what would the consequences of that be? Well, they would be rather dire, certainly a reshifting of pretty much all policymaking in Europe. And we'll have to see if Europe is finally willing to stand up to the Russian threat by cutting themselves off from the oil supply from Russia, by taking measures to actually harden borders directly around Russia in the NATO countries. Um, but uh, this could be the beginning of a, an, yet another sort of Cold War era with Russia and China on the opposing side of the United States and its allies in Europe if Europe finally grows a backbone. All right, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. First, you can't forget to end your week by tuning into The Andrew Clavin Show. Truth shows every Friday, he's got an exciting evening planned for you as always. Head on over to dailywire.com at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central and tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro, this is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld, executive producer Jeremy Boring, our supervising producer is Mathis Glover, and our production manager is Pavel Wydowski, associate producer Bradford Carrington, editing is by Adam Saevitz, audio is mixed by Mike Coromina, hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina.